Welcome back to Borderline. We are just days slash hours, depending on when you uh, watch or download this. Uh, <laughs> just days or hours away from the biggest week of the year, hands down, in the sport of cornhole. We talk about the nationals, equating them to majors. We talk about the pro shootouts. You and I love the pro shootouts, the single elimination, the round limitations. But this is the world championships. I mean, this is as big as it gets. I mean, this is what... You know, this is what defines careers. It's one of those yeah. things. It's it's like being a Super Bowl champion. You know, you win a world championship and uh, and you will always have that with you for the rest of your career as a professional cornhole player. So, I mean, it is the biggest time of the year. And uh, so we're going to we're probably going to be a little bit more cornhole focused through this Ooh. week than we normally are, just because we uh, going to kind of prep uh prep worlds a little bit and then next next week i think you and i talked about it maybe i'll bring my camera and that kind of stuff maybe we'll be on location next week but uh yeah anyway first first things first of all the times right you and i were talking about this it's part of just getting it's part part of just getting older right it's part of part of being a man part of having a job part of being an adult part of being a dad whatever things just never like like there's never a good time for you know any of these things in adult life to come up so i'm sorry to hear about you and Julie's cat not doing well in the emergency room. Literally, li literally, we are just about ready, all of us, to descend upon Rock Hill. You've got to deal with this. Then all of a sudden, you know, a, a couple comes up and wants to buy your house. You go under contract. You're, it's it's like of all the of all the weeks, right? We've yeah. had all summer. We've had all summer for these things. And, it, and now, this could and have now happened you're, what, you're just hours away from going to Rock Hill. Yeah, it's, and all this happens. So I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, it's it's really tough, man, because it's it's really killing me. To not be here for all of this. I mean, yeah. if I, if yeah, I was, Julie's got to do I'm not, all of it. Yeah, and it, it's just yeah. it's such a dick move, right? Like, I, like, see ya. Sorry about that. Here, you handle it all. I've got to go talk about cornhole for two weeks. And I mean, yeah. no offense to the cornhole people, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, what I'm going to do is pretty simple. For me, you know, we do it all the time. It's not like something very difficult and hard. I mean, we're not really part of the setup crew. We're not doing all the hard work behind the scenes. We're not we're not doing a lot of those things. We're talking, right? And I get to go do that for two weeks, well, 10 days, while she has to deal with moving, while we move three states away. Yeah, while, and, you know, and by the time we're done at Rock away. Hill, you're just going to be meeting her at the new at the new house. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving. I won't be coming back to Atlanta. I'll be going to Wilmington, which is where we're moving. Yeah. And then, you know, she has, we have to deal with a cat, you know, and look, there's certain people that are going to be watching this moment. Well, that's no big deal. Right. So what? It's a cat, yeah. you know, but if you're like us, I mean, a, a pet's part of your family. It's not just some creature that roams around your house that you pay attention to every now and then. Yeah. So it's, it's been pretty traumatic and, you know, to have to go see him every day and the state that he's in and, you know, the vet told us that only 10% of cats actually survive the numbers that he came in with. And so the fact yeah. that he's apparently a little fighter, who knew? Because he's a little, you know, not a big cat. Because so he's, he's a cat. That's that's every cat that we've ever had. Same thing. They, you're right. They will fight until the very end. Yeah, and so. he's he's doing that, and so it's. But we have to, you know, we're, it's been a while now. It's an emergency vet. Those that have gone through it, it's not inexpensive, right? I so know that's to, the other thing. It's such a tough decision, right? I mean, we, we all have to start making that decision, that. and that's that's a it's, tough. It's, it's the worst. I, I think we're actually. I think we're actually. We we may be done with animals. Kathy and I were just talking about this, um, you know, because we we are down to I don't say want to say down to, but we have two animals left. We have Jovi, our dog, who's who's about three, 
And then we have Georgie Yarkat, who's about I think about the same age as yours, about seven. But it's so hard, right? I mean, it's really, it's really, it's really difficult, especially when you get to our age, and especially with our kids being older and living in different places. We want to be able to travel. But anyway, yeah. dude, I don't, I don't want to, I don't bog you. No, down. it's a bummer. It's but, a bummer, but, but, and it's I, just the worst possible time for all this to yeah, happen. That's the thing, right? Yeah. I mean, great. You know, we should be so happy. Like that, we were just talking about that last night. We should be ecstatic. Hey, we're finally moving. We finally got through this year-long process with the house and all the stuff that we've had to deal with with that. And here it is. It's finally happening. But it's happening the week I go to the world, and then all of a sudden, our pet has to go in the like. It's just what in the world, man? That's just part of being an adult, I guess. I don't know. It's crazy. It is. It is. When you and I were on the phone this week, I told you. I mean, that you you almost just have to have that mindset that there's just always something like enjoy enjoy everything just just know in the back of your mind there's always gonna be something you always gotta that's, deal that's with that. i'm telling you that's why i'm the way i am because i know it's coming it's it's right around the corner i know it's coming right i, I and that I, i'm that way and i think people get put off by that sometimes I'm like dude you 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 tell me how i'm wrong right like that's how i feel like you tell me i'm not right life's life's waiting for you around the corner yeah Right, it's always going to still. You we something. can still enjoy things. Sure. Hey, you our neighbors. It. Our neighbors. Speaking of everything, I mean, we t- we talk about the weather, right? And yeah. here in Charleston, woke up this morning, eighty-one degrees. That's fine. I can handle eighty-one. Ninety-two percent humidity. Yeah, just sits on top of you. Yeah, you wake up and the windows are wet. So yeah. so so speaking of bad timing, so once once I get done like scraping off the windows, so I can actually see outside and get rid of all the dew and all the moisture. Our neighbors have had HVAC and HVAC company descend upon them, ripping out all of their ductwork and everything. So obviously, these people and we really like our neighbors. I feel bad for them. Like, like really, I want to get a hold of them and see if make sure they're okay after we're done here. But <laughs> That's um, actually, I'll have Kathy do it. They like her better. <laughs> but uh, I want to make sure they're all right and that they've got they've got an AC because they obviously didn't have it last night. Something must happen last night, and they are totally in mean, a total gut job. But of all the times to do it, because your air conditioning, right? We talk about timing. Your air conditioning never goes out in November, right? Never, never goes out in February. No. <laughs> in Charleston, never. your air conditioning always goes out in July or August. And it's without brutal. without a doubt. And it's and for those of you that aren't from this area or aren't from kind of the deeper south, where you're and you get a little bit in from the from the wind that the ocean breezes give you, that humidity, oh. eighty one doesn't sound hot, but with ninety two percent humidity, you're I mean you're sweating. Bullets it the was moment brutal. you walk outside. Yeah, yeah I had to go. Awful. I had to go take the car in, and um, fortunately, believe it or not, the uh, the auto the auto shop is is literally down the street from us. So so Kathy said, um, Kathy said, you want to take it or 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 you want me to take it? And I said, I'll I'll, I'll drive it down there. She said, okay. She said, well, I'll come pick it. We got a little golf cart. She's like, I'll come pick it up in the golf cart. So I said, okay, great, perfect. And so I go down there and uh, drop off the car, and I just start walking home. And she calls me. She's like, "Are you ready?" I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "I've walked halfway home now. I'm like sweating. Like my like my <laughs> pants and my shirt are wet." I'm like, "Yeah, you yeah. Can come give me any time. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free." Yeah, yeah. That was yeah brutal. it's it's brutal. Yeah. All right, we we've got a ton of stuff to uh, to talk about. I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. So, um, MVP ballots, uh, Rookie of the Year ballots. Breakout mm-hmm. of the year or breakout player of the year. All these have to be turned in this week. 
I've filled mine out. If you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. If you want we to can say talk it, about I it, I've filled mine out. I, I can't quite remember exactly who I put where, but I'm pretty sure if you if you bring up the uh, contestants, I will I will remember okay. what order I had them in. But we can talk um, about teams. Teams. We got a lot to talk about with teams. I I, I think we're going to kind of take a different approach today because uh, you know there there are some people who watch our show who are not pros. So I thought it'd be kind of fun to just kind of give the final eight teams and talk about that just a little bit. Uh, Super Bowl, we can go through that. And then and then we've got to leave time today for uh, on, off, and in, and and for our power <laughs> rankings. We always do this. And we've started it already. I mean, here we here we are almost 10 minutes into the show. We haven't even really started yet. So so we've got... That's, we've got that's what go. we do, Jeff. Okay, so yeah. So all right, so a little bit of cornhole first here. Um, if, if you're comfortable discussing... The ballot, sure. let's do it. I know some people don't like to do it. Some people do. So I, 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 I don't know if I'm real comfortable doing it, but I just feel like I'd like to be transparent about it because I know when we go to Worlds, uh, it happened last year because the the voting was so close. You know, a few people asked me, "Who'd you vote for? Who'd you vote for?" So I don't, I don't mind talking about it. But all right, let's start with um, let's start with Breakout Player of the Year first. And okay. I don't have I don't have all the candidates, but I can tell you the three that I that I. Uh, chose because basically okay. i think there were five candidates uh-huh. and uh and so i could tell you my three so first and this won't surprise anybody who listens to the show uh i, vo- I voted number one jake gore number two alan rawls because alan i mean alan did come out of nowhere you know i yeah. mean no no yeah. no big win but still i mean come on dude dude crushed it this year and then Ian Cripps, you know, I mean, he's a guy who That's we have not one. talked. He is not a guy that we've talked about a lot in the show, but without a doubt, um, Ian really had. I mean, not not quite the breakout year maybe that Jake had because Jake, Jake, I, I looked it up today. Jake Gore, fourteen years old, he was in two singles final fours. That's that's amazing. I mean, again, couldn't, yeah. couldn't get the win, but two final fours. But but shout out to Ian Cripps. So that was my three: Jake, Allen, Ian. Do you remember? I know you don't I have do, this in front of you. I, I, do, I wrote mine I, down before I submitted it because I knew I wouldn't remember. But first off, let me say like, I didn't have Ian in my top three, and and think you know it was really difficult because yeah. the reason they were all all those five people were there is because they deserve it, right? I mean, all five of those people you could make a real argument for, but for a yeah. guy that was on the outside looking in at this time last year to now be a top thirty, top thirty-five player in the world, top twenty. I mean, you know, he's he's yeah. he's made huge strides and so it was it was really tough for me not to put him in so shout out ian i I did have jake number one because you know jake we talked about it before of the two of the twins i think a lot of people thought jackson may have had more potential in singles wrong at least this season jake has just turned out to be a phenomenon and i had him number one uh i had uh, hunter thorne number two yeah, it was tough for me to leave him out because you know I loved him. I had him on my top ten early in the year, and I think he came from further back. I'm not I'm not sure on that rankings wise, and he's just you know he's now made himself a top fifteen player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's I think he's twelfth. I mean, that he kind of rise to, with this kind of talent level. I mean, it's pretty astronomical. And then I think I had Allen number three because yeah. I mean the guy won two brackets, you know. <laughs> I mean, come on! Like, the, I mean, the fact that I didn't have him number one, I thought was a little crazy because considering where he was coming into the season, and the guy wins two singles brackets, you know, puts himself in the top ten. I think he's ranked eighth going into the worlds. I mean, like, that's crazy, man! Like, yeah. and, and like, so there's an argument to be made for every single person that was on that list, but I believe that was my top three. 
By the way, can we just take just a quick moment to just talk about Alex Rawls real quick? Yeah. Because because under the radar. Oh my gosh. I like I was looking back on it today, right? Because you know, do, doing my MVP ballot and I'm looking at everybody and all of a sudden I'm like, dang, I'm like, Alex Rawls has been totally, I feel like just kind of put on the back burner this year and maybe not maybe maybe it's just me and my world and you and i in this show i mean maybe maybe on other shows maybe people have been talking about him all year i don't know i haven't heard a lot about him but but i could be wrong on that but as far as our little circle goes and in, in our little world i feel like he's been on, on kind of the back burner here's a dude who actually won a national earlier this year yep. i i mean he won a national in singles he won a major singles title this year yeah. in professional cornhole and he is tied for second in the world. But yet yeah. I feel like we've talked about the story of Allen so much more. And we've talked about Justin Burton Jr. And we've talked about Mark Richards, you know, and his rise again. And obviously Tony Smith. It's like yeah. it's, it's somewhere Alex has got to be you know, just sitting back there like. I think he might enjoy it in a way. I think it might yeah. help him. I, th I think somewhat. I think last year. Because he's, he was on television as much as anybody last season. Whether it was yeah. singles or doubles, he was. It seemed like every other time we were we had a major broadcast, he was on it. And I think this may yeah. have helped him a little bit to not, you know, like, hey, I'm still here, and kind of given him a little bit of a, a push forward, you know, like, hey, I'm still here, guys. I'm still winning, even if I don't win the title. I'm still making final eights. I'm still making final fours. I'm still right here, you know. And, and I think it may have helped him a little bit this season to kind of yeah. slide a little bit under the radar. And how a guy, like you said, can be tied for second in the world and be under the radar is speaks volumes about what we're not doing right, first off. But crazy, right? Yeah, it's uh, I, tied I, for second, tied for second with Tony Smith, who we've talked about all year. All well, year we've well, talked about. Well, well, do you want you want to be that that be the segue into the MVP voting, or do you want to take another one before that? Yeah, you want well, you you want to knock out rookie real quick. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. There's much debate on this one. I, I could be wrong. I mean, there, there, you can make a case for a lot of these guys. So my one, two, and three in rookie, uh, Justin Burton Jr. Fisher Hamilton, and you know I love Fisher, but I, I, I felt like JBJ was was a bit more consistent, um, higher in the rankings, obviously. And then and then number three, I think, is up for debate. I, I just like to watch him play, um, and, and I really respect what he did, and he put up big numbers this year. Number three for me was uh, Logan Chamberlain. Do you remember your three? Uh, same three, different order. I believe I had Fisher one, oh, okay. uh, JBJ two, Logan three. Okay, if so I, maybe there I will be some correctly. debate on that. I, I, really I, I just think... Fisher was there a lot, man, and I counted doubles a lot as well. And I, I feel like JBJ had a stronger beginning of the season. Yeah. And not that he tapered way off, but there was a little bit of a taper. And I think that Fisher got better as the season went along. You know, and once again, a guy that seemed like he was on a broadcast every other time that we had a major broadcast. So mm -hmm. and the shootouts carried weight for me and making broadcast there carried weight for me. And so that's like, once again, I thought it was a coin flip between the two of them, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, truly, I, that's almost what I did in my head was like, you know, just it was really a coin flip. But I had Fisher one. I had JBJ two and I had Logan three. OK, so that brings us now to the MVP. It also brings us because of you just saying that it brings me to a point that I wanted to bring up. So yep. you and I were just talking about this. Hang on. Let me bring up the email so I can get this wording exactly right so you and i were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago right and i made the comment <clears throat> that i wanted to see i felt like i needed to see we were going i think we we're going to the final shootout in canton 
And I said, I feel for some reason, as good as he's been, I feel like I wanted to see another win by Justin Burton Jr. in Canton to uh, to you know maybe maybe help nudge him up in my MVP balloting, right? But then um, I, I you know we get the email from Trey, and so I, I feel like I totally had to switch my thinking. So it says ACL MVP is the ACL pro who has uh, you know the most outstanding season across pro singles and pro doubles at ACL national events in 2023. Pro shootout and open performances should not be taken into consideration for this award. So that being said, Bernie, I mean, it made it a little bit more difficult for me because I, I like you, I was kind of taking some of those things into consideration. Yeah, I know. So I, I mean, so I, so I, so all of a sudden I'm like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta like redo my thinking. So with yeah. that in mind, uh, I just wanted to say that because that might clarify a little bit on who I chose an MVP, but that, that, that made it tough because I felt like I was kind of taking some of that into consideration and maybe next year it will. I think, I think maybe there might be some tweaking. I feel like pro shootout should be part of your thinking. Yeah. I think because the Jake Gores, the Ian Cripps is like players like yeah. that can't play. So it's not an even, like you don't That's know what would, what would their season be like if they were allowed to play. Right. So, yeah, good point. And then, you know, my problem with the shootouts is also, you know, if someone does really well week one, week two, all of a sudden they're done. And then someone like Fisher Hamilton said, like in doubles was always on TV, but was losing, but was making finals. But in your head, you're like, wow, they're always there. They're always there. They're always there. But it doesn't matter because they're losing all these where these people that have won can't play anymore. They're done. And yeah. so you're losing that. And so, I, look, I struggled with it. And to be honest, I don't it's know tough. if I followed that guideline the way I should have in some of my voting for sure. I mean, seriously. Yeah. That 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 changed that changed mine. So, um, you know, because because honestly, Mark Richards picking up a singles shootout win this year, I thought was big. You know, it was it was a big hurdle for him to get over, and he I did. did. But I had to take that out. I had to take that out. So so anyway, um, let's let's get to our MVP. If you want to do it, you want me to go first again? Sure. So so I kind of went. Uh, I got a little bit analytical on this. Um, and somewhere Anthony Iona is going to be extremely um, impressed with me <laughs> on this. And now I don't know where. Here it is. So based on all the points, I mean, this was so tough for me. I mean, basically for me, it was coming down to Mark Richards, Tony Smith, and, uh, and Justin Byrd Jr. And, and again, just in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so close, right? And they all had wins, right? They all Mark picked up that last, you know, singles win, which really all of a sudden vaulted him uh, to to number one, obviously in the world, and, and really took a lot of our, um, you know, bandwidth as far as thinking of who was going to be MVP. So what I had to do is is uh, and, and so here's the other thing is doubles, right? You you've got to figure in doubles. Like I feel like like even with our power rankings, I always skew towards giving more significance to singles. I just do. I don't know if it's my sports background or what. I just give more significance and more power to singles. So I, so I, I tried to weigh both singles and doubles equally the same. So I, I, I'm I'm like, how am I going to do this? I'm looking back and all the wins and the final fours and, and TV appearances. And, and anyway, so I kind of looked at the composite score. So again, Anthony, I own dude, you seriously, like, give me a big hug and tell me how proud you are of me when you hear this. So taking all the scoring, right, all the point system and everything, I came up yeah. with a composite score. 
And that's basically how I did my, uh, that's, that's basically how I got to my, to my top three. Right. So my, my MVP uh, for this year, number three was Mark Richards. Yeah. Um, number two, Justin Burton Jr. And my MVP this year, my, my number one vote for, for ACL MVP is Tony Smith. If you look at the composite scores, Tony Smith, in, in, with my math, had actually, the, because, because of the success on double side, and I mean, dude made five final fours. That's, I mean, that's, I, that's incredible. I hear you. So, so, I mean, so Tony Smith, and, and again, you, you know, I love Mark, right. I, and I, and I really like watching him play and Justin Burton jr. I was just bragging on him about what an athlete he looks like when he plays. But at the end of the year, when I got to pick one MVP, I loved watching Tony play so dynamic. I loved his presence. I love what he did. I love that he changed Ooh. bags. Um, the, the adjustments he made. So Tony Smith, I, I, I put down as my MVP. I'm with you. I looked at it a little bit differently. So I started thinking, all right, pro doubles, who has to carry more, who has to carry more weight? And if you look at it, Hunter Thorne's 12th, Logan Chamberlain's 14th. Those two guys had players that are in the top 15 playing alongside them. Mark Richards had to carry more weight in doubles. Mm. And they still have a very solid doubles team. Oh, right? yeah. What, what's their ranking? Second, third? Um, I will look it up. I've got it here. Give me just a yeah. second. I think I they look. are fourth. Yeah, they're fourth. They're fourth. So they're fourth, yeah. and he's carrying. And no disrespect to Philip Lopez Jr. This is not a shot at Philip Lopez Jr., but Mark's doing more with less, just from a numbers perspective. And that's why I made him my MVP, because he's obviously in the second half of the season he's really become the beast that he was last year, right? And then he's carrying more weight in doubles. And so he, and it, once he, I, I know it sounds bad and Philip's probably going to punch me, but when you look at the players that the other players are playing with, they're top 15 players, almost top 10 players themselves. So you're not having to carry the same weight. You're getting essentially the same thing back that you're putting down there, right? If you're Tony I Smith. I, I, totally, I totally get what you're saying. You know, and so I kind of went at it from a little bit different and that's what gave me the kind of impetus to kind of put Mark as the MVP and the second half of the season, I think he's really come on. And I think even the players would admit he's Mark Richards again, and probably the best player in the world. And I had Tony too. And I believe I had JBJ three, but I could, I'll have to look. No, I think I had Alex Rawls three. Oh, okay. Interesting. And because I put so much weight on singles, like, like you were talking about, and you know, you're talking about number two player in the world who once again, Trey Birchfield, not really, adding up to what Trey once was, not to say, but, you know, once again, Alex is carrying more weight in those matches and still, you know, being a very productive doubles team. So I, I looked at it a little different because I understand that pro doubles rankings mean a lot, but when the other player you're playing with is almost ranked the same as you are, are you carrying the same load? And you're not. And so I think to have that level of success in doubles speaks volumes about the player that's the higher rated player. Right. Yes. And so that's 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 kind of where my head was at. And that's why I had Mark one, uh, Tony two and Alex three. Yeah, no, I like it, Bernie. And that, and that does make sense. Um, and again, with the with the doubles weight, uh, I, I just couldn't I don't want to say get past, but but it was tough for me to overlook uh, the fact that Tony Smith is part of the number one. He's the number two ranked player in the world. Single side yep. and, and number part one of the doubles. number one doubles team. In the world, and at the yeah. end of the day, I just, I just could not, um, 
I mean, that would, that would be a, kind of a deciding factor for me. You're ready for my analogy, and I kind of went sports analogy with this. Remember back in the 80s when we were growing up and John McEnroe, like in 84, had like the greatest season in the history of tennis at that time, you know, was number one in the world yeah. and was also the number one doubles player in the world with Peter Fleming. Right? Who's Peter Fleming? Exactly. Who's yeah. Peter Fleming? And McEnroe was just that much better. He was dragging more weight than some of the other players, and that's why he was number one in doubles. Yeah, that's why he was ranked that way. And it's just that's kind of how I looked at it. It's like, and look, the, the other players are going to be super mad at me when I say all this. And it's not a shot. It's just when you look at the numbers, that's what plays out. That other players having to carry more weight in those tournaments. So I think you have to give them a little bit yeah. of, a, of a nudge for that because, you know, Jake Trzinski, what's he, 13th? He is. Yep. 13th. So, I mean, so Tony, so Tony's, Tony's, Tony's playing with a top 10 player in essence. And so that's that's just different. I mean, you're not carrying the same weight that someone else is, and that's that's why I had it the way I had it. So I yep. mean, people can disagree and be upset, but that's why. No, I, I think that I think that's I think that's an interesting way of looking at it. I really do. Um, yeah. And again, and again, just going back real quick to the composite score because I, I was able to find it. So basically, this this is an average of doubles and singles in in points. So you got Tony Smith at eighteen forty six. Uh, Justin Burton Jr. 1820 and Mark Richards at 1814. When you when you average out all the numbers, doubles in. As a matter of fact, here I've got. So. Let me see if I can pull this up. If I can actually read it. Take that, professor. Yeah. Let's see. Seriously, he he no, he probably doesn't listen to the show. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. He, he's pro he's probably got family time that he's got to deal with. Philip Lopez Jr. is 53rd. In the single yeah, no, yeah, it's it, I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't hate what you're saying. And Trey Birchfield's down in the 80s and 90s right now, so those two yeah. players are dragging a lot in doubles. Compared yeah, Mark's, to Mark's, Mark's, Mark's probably. I mean, you could, like you said, you can make the 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 argument that he's doing the most with the least. Yeah, and uh, so that's that's kind of where I came at it from. So, and then you know yeah. these. Trey and Philip Lopez Jr. are probably going to hate me now, but I mean, it's not a knock on them. It's just they haven't had the best season in singles. And maybe they're just, when they're playing doubles, they're on the side they like the best, and maybe they're playing better, you know, but that's that's where I came at it from. Teams this year has been huge. Um, you know, kind of flirted with it last year in the ACL. Um, I've given my thoughts on teams last year. Uh, I, th I think it was a good. I think it was a good beta kind of testing system for what teams could be this sure. year. Off the off the charts. Um, I, th I think as we go on season after season, we'll get a little bit more buy in from the players. Yeah. Um, but but to have sixteen teams, sixteen players, all sixteen teams from around the country. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, it really is going to be special. Um, I feel like this year a little clunky with the best of seven. Um, yeah. Next year, next year they're gonna the, the the league is gonna gonna tweak the scoring. The problem was is that is that what we didn't foresee was having a television broadcast with you know two teams going to head to head, a best of seven, and you know you've got seven matches. And what happens if it's four zero and we're right. only an hour and ten minutes in the broadcast? Well, right. shit. Now we got fifty minutes we got to cover <laughs> on yeah. an actual actually televised broadcast but but it's so funny because like that that's been the great thing about about being with this league now in my four season and you're like six or seven season whatever is just watching it grow it's still so young nascar went through this football went through this baseball i mean sports still to this day look what baseball did baseball is still reinventing itself you know a hundred years later 
into the sport. And, and so that's what we're seeing the ACL do is make adjustments. So next year they're going to have to make an adjustment. But that being said, I mean, to have these 16 teams from 16 regions slash cities across the, the nation was so much fun. And to see the spirit, to see the camaraderie, to see the swag, to see the excitement on game day, the huddles, the timeouts, the coaching, uh, having to set lineups. It really was. It really, it really was pretty, pretty cool to watch. And now we are down to our final, our final eight. Um, so here, so the matchups for those of you who don't know, uh, we're down to our quarterfinals, top eight teams. So Pennsylvania will play Carolina, Ohio will play Florida, California plays Missouri, and Arizona plays Texas. Um, so it's it's really going to be a lot of fun. All those all those games, the quarter about well, the, the each, each semifinal and the and the championship will be on CBS Sports Network, and um, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be it'll be exciting to 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 watch it and to broadcast it. Yeah, you know my my thing on it like. There, there still needs to be more buy-in from the pros on this. And like yeah. when you look at other individualized sports, they've done the team concept. I mean, if you look at golf, one of the reasons Live Golf was so successful was their team concept that they went at. Bull riding has a team concept. I mean, like there's, it's out there in other sports. This isn't something that came out of the blue and only Cornhole's deciding to do this. I mean, this this exists in other areas yeah. as well and i and i PBR, think it needs to PBR be a little teams you're right that's a big yeah, one there, there needs to be more buy-in from the pros and i and i think when you look at the teams that have lasted to this point especially say the california slingers right i think their team buy-in made them better than the collection of their parts right i i think when you look at tony smith won one match in doubles in team concept i know one. crazy right right their best yep. you know one of the best players on the planet he's your main guy and he's let you down all season, but everyone else found a way to step up. And I think they had a little bit more buy-in. I think Ohio kind of had that same buy-in. I mean, I think oh, there's some sure. teams that didn't have that buy-in and didn't have that care that maybe didn't perform as well as they would have liked to. Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple of headlines coming out of this, by the way. Um, something I've noticed, and and I'm surely you'll remember this, but earlier this year we had a broadcast where – where, so teams get to set their lineups. So again, it's 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 sixteen teams, sixteen players, but you have two basically alternate players. So only fourteen players play. It's all it's all doubles. So you have seven doubles teams for one team that take on the seven doubles teams of the other team. So and again, that's best of seven. And and the captains set their lineups. Now it's kind of a snake lineup. So you get to choose who you're going to throw out there first. Then I get to choose who I'm going to throw against you. Then you pick. Then I pick. Then that's how we go. Yeah. But still, the captains choose. And you and you still have a chance. You know, as you go along, if you want to try and front load your lineup and try to get some wins early, or if you want to, you know, maybe stack and, and maybe you know you put a couple of your top players in the middle. But we did see a couple of captains or, or whoever whoever set the uh, whoever set the lineups. Try and backload their teams and get burned a little bit, right? Yep. Like you don't want to put your top two players necessarily in that fifth, sixth, or seventh because what happens? What happens if, if you lose the first couple, right? Or, or you yeah. fall down three zero. So, so that being said, we saw that a couple of times. So I can't believe when I was going over the lineups today that I saw this. So Pennsylvania, uh, the Ringers, they've got Justin Burton Jr. and Devin Harbaugh, two of the top players in the world. Yep, sixth. In their lineup, sixth, and then and then and then to me, uh, and the, here's one that's marginal, but still Arizona, same thing. Jeff Reynolds, who really had a great season, right? Yep. Jeff Reynolds and Ty Lopez, really good player, seventh in their lineup. 
last, I, dead last, yeah. like, and and the here's, La- and here's last here's, I don't really like, but I, I get the middle. I do understand. And then, the and then one one more for you. I mean, there's there's several others. One more for you, just for the sake of time. Uh, Florida, the freeze. Chris Kingsbury and Jeremy Frazier, seventh, seventh in the lineup. I mean, we saw this happen I, again. I get it. If it comes down to game six or game seven, you know what? I I, I get it. You know, and and I'll and I'll and I'll eat it. But man, you got you got to get some wins to get there. And you hate it if this thing ends. You know, if it ends four one. You know, and, I hear you. I, and but you to, didn't pick up but, a win earlier. But for yeah. argument's sake, Jeff, you look at what the Ringers did, and they had Devin and Justin going out early, early in the season, and they started off awful. And they switched their lineup, then won ten straight. So maybe that lineup switch and and placing people yeah. in different positions has worked out because most of these things have not gone four zero. Right, most of them have finished in five or six matches. Still, so I mean, a lot of them finished in five, and that means six and seven don't even. So you can have your top teams not even figure in the decision. I I, I hear you, but it's hard to argue with what the Ringers did when they were the best team. Yeah, it is true. They finished with the best record overall. It it obviously worked taking their top. Now me, but did they? Did they have Justin? I would have split them up. Did they I have? Did they have them sixth all year though? No, I'm saying they had them up early, early in the season, and they kept okay. losing matches, and then they dropped them down and realized we need to win these swing matches late because we're losing them all the time. Like okay. we might win one early or maybe two early, and then we're getting deep and we're losing and we're losing our matches because of it. Let's switch yeah. it up. Now, me personally, I would have split those two guys up and had them play with another strong player, and now you've got two really strong teams instead of one. But hey, mm-hmm. it's worked for them. I mean, I, I think. We've also seen that throughout where you have these teams and they're putting these big super teams together. Well, that just gives you one super team. Great. You've won one point mm-hmm. out of the four you need. Maybe you split them up and you get two points. I don't know. Like it's just, no, it's, I'm with it, you. It, yep. it, it's part of the, the, the process of, of, of learning how the whole thing works, but it's yeah. hard to argue with the ringers because they made some adjustments. Now look, there's certain teams that made zero adjustments all season. <laughs> Kentucky Colonels talking to you. They still made they still made the playoffs, but there's a lot of talent there. But yet, I don't know. Maybe some adjustments here or there, and maybe they could have won a few Actually, more Kentucky matches. Kentucky didn't make the playoffs, but they didn't. Kentucky did not. No. Right. So you made no adjustments, and you had tons of talent. Might be on, you know, maybe yeah. maybe some adjustments. But that's what I mean. That's where the buy-in comes because it's like, well, who cares? Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. I I don't, I don't mean. The more buy-in we get from the players, and I don't know if that has to be incentivized or how that buy-in has to come about, but there, there needs to be something. Because well, they're, they're going to have incentive uh, at Worlds because now money, now, now the real money's on right. the line. I mean, there was a little bit of money you know, on the line for all these matches throughout the year, but now this is, this is where the real money's going to be on the line for the championships. Yeah, so and it's so just, hard for some of these players. I'm surprised they're back with it. Yeah, it, 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 it's 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 funny how some of these players, because they have to monetarily think in such short-sighted terms, like, you know, shootout, for example, and teams, for example, there's money there, but mm-hmm. you don't get the money till the end. So, you know, for them that are having to worry about traveling, like it, it, it doesn't make much sense for them to care when they have to worry about money right now. Yeah. Right. And so it's hard for people to be, have long vision about some of the money because it's a lot of travel between April and now. Right? Oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, so it's we'll, we'll see what happens as it gets tweaked, but I mean, I I love the process and I love the teams that get into it, and you can tell it's so much more fun. You have to feel it as an announcer when the team cares, 
Oh, yeah. Against well, a, you meant, playing you against a team it. that doesn't really care, right? Like, you can see it. You can see California. it on the 100%. You mentioned them. They, they, were, they were so much fun to watch. Yeah, so much fun. All right, we got to keep moving. Um, one, one other quick team's note. Uh, Dayton Weber, who, um, who instantly uh, became a, a sensation um, when he appeared on the court during Super Bowl. Uh, he is the quad amputee that, that many of you saw when we were in Milwaukee. Uh, he is an incredible story, incredible guy. He is in the starting lineup for the Carolina Coasters. So we will see Dave nice. Weber again competing uh, during the team's uh, quarterfinals and hopefully longer. Um, again, all that all that's going to be on CBS Sports Network at Worlds uh, next week. So. So that'd be a great storyline. Okay, we got to keep moving. Super Hole, just real quick. Uh, did have some changes to Super Hole as as we expected. Uh, unfortunately, Jason Turner, who longtime uh, Los Angeles Dodgers player, won a World Series with the Dodgers, now plays with the Boston Red Sox. He won the first Super Hole down in uh, down in Scottsdale, and we figured because it's right in the middle of their season, uh, probably a risk, you know, and a chance he couldn't play. Sure enough. Obviously, yeah, he's yeah. got to he's got he's got to be in the starting lineup for the yeah. Red Sox, so yeah. he's not going to be able to compete in Super Bowl. So we will not have Justin Turner. Um, and then and then another one uh, that that we're going to miss is Tim Settle, uh, defensive lineman for the Buffalo Bills. He beat Deion Dawkins in the final. It was great. It was in Topeka, Kansas, on that Super Bowl broadcast. That was awesome. He won't make it, but um, Chad Ochocinco will stu- still be there. Um, Alexander Madison, starting running back, new starting running back for the Vikings, will be there. Uh, Sonia Richards-Ross, Olympic champion, she's going to be there. And and as an alternate, Shamar Moore, who who I'm not sure there's a celebrity who who digs cornhole more than Shamar Moore, as we talked about last year, had the road to Irmail City. We had an event there. He's totally uh, renovated his entire backyard, so he's got a pool, a basketball court, and a sweet-ass um, cornhole uh, setup in his yeah. backyard. So Shamar will be there playing with Trey Birchfield. Um, it's still gonna be still gonna be a a big lineup and and uh, that'll be fun to watch. And that's gonna I mean, actually don't be you have to kind of make them the favorites now? Because I mean, Shamar plays. Shamar plays a lot. Yeah, Chad. I thought, Chad, I thought Chad Ochocinco was pretty good. I thought he was pretty good. But but, but yes, consistency has to consistency be level about you know being able to you know get points in each round. I think Shamar has to be the favorite going in because he's hmm. you know he he's not gonna have that he's not gonna have zero rounds. Where some of the celebs might have a good round, but you know, then have a zero here or there. Shamar's not going to have that, so you you got to kind of make him the favorite. Can Shamar battle the nerves of being I, on national TV? I mean, I, I mean, think his, if there's his... any one of those people that really relishes being on TV fully with their face and everything, like you know, some of the athletes get kind of hidden by uniform, especially football players. I think Shamar Moore is all about some Shamar Moore. I, I think he, I think he will love. <laughs> Love I mean, process. I mean, he's only been on national TV between SWAT and Criminal Minds. He's only been on national TV on a you know on a hit series for what about fifteen of uh, fifteen years in a row now, something like that. Yeah, so, yeah. I think I think he's going to no, be, be all fine. about right. it. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, we got to get to it. You ready? I mean, we still need to do on, off, and in, and we still need to do our power rankings, and we've got about less than ten minutes left. Sweet. You ready for on, off, and in? Let's do it. It's it's the fastest growing segment in in the uh, in the cornhole podcast right. world. Everyone's everyone's talking about it. Everyone's all in on this. Yeah, I mean, there, there might actually be sixteen people. I mean, we talk about you yeah. know our, our fabulous twelve who listen every week. Yeah. Shout out. 
Shout out. Uh, maybe maybe, maybe there's maybe there's like sixteen or so people. I've yeah. I've actually I bet Rosie Rosie Streaker, you know, one of the top female pros who is also mm-hmm. uh, executive producer. I guess you can call her behind the scenes, posting all the podcasts. She sure. emailed and she said she loved it. Uh, Trey actually shot me a text and said, by the way, love on off and in. So that's good. Hey man, positive feedback it's makes a good. person feel good, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's nice every now and then. All right, so on off and in. So again, it's kind of a hit or miss thing. We talk about things where we feel like maybe we're right. It's on the board. Things that we totally missed that are off the board and the things that we are just dead right on in the hole. So without further ado, we really need some music or something. But Yeah, we, we, we need some, yeah. On, off, and in music. We need to get music. Go first, you're going first. I'll go first. Why not? Okay. All right. So, so should I go off the board first and lead to in the hole or start within the hole? I, I, I like to do on, then off, then in. However, for for huh. the sake of entertainment, if you feel like you need to switch it up, I'll switch. You know what? I'm going to go off the board first. I'm going to go. Okay. Up. I'm going to. I'm going to go from negative to positive. Okay. Kind of in a weird sort of way. Back at the beginning of the season, I thought Cheyenne Bubenheim was going to make a pretty big jump in the singles rankings. Right. I, I thought you know she's a top twenty player. I, you know, I didn't know if I had, if she was ready for top 10, but I kind of thought she was right there on the verge. I don't know if she is now. I just think some of the top players with the variety in their game have proven that they just, they can take it to another level. They have more shots. If they need a role, they've got a role. If they need, you know, there's just more variety to their game. And I don't know because her game is still kind of two dimensional in a way. I don't know. If, if she can crack that. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that's my off the board. I still love Cheyenne as a player. I think when she gets hot, she can be, but she has to, you know, when you talk being on that level for that long, it's almost impossible to stay that focused for that long a period of time and not have some bad rounds and some bad games because she just doesn't have the variety yet to be able to compete with the elite elite of the game. Not yet. We'll see what and happens. Just, and just for clarification, you're talking competing, not with the women, but at the pro singles level. Pro singles level. Yeah, pro best. singles yeah. level. Yeah. On the board, I had talked, we had talked earlier that, you know, the five tool player was kind of taking over the game, right? Like it's it's going, you know, the game's getting that way. Some of these other players are going to get left behind. I think I'm on the board there. I don't know. It, it's not in the hole, but it's not completely off the board. I mean, Matt Guy, Damon Dennis, Jimmy McGuff. I mean, some of these guys are still – I mean, Cheyenne, still a top 30 player. It's more of an old-school kind of game. They're still there, right? And, and you look at Damon and Jimmy winning a shootout. You, you look at Matt Guy's won a bracket and single. I mean, they're still competitive, right? But if you look at the overall trend of the game, you still got this five-tool player that seems to be – the type of player that can kind of, you know, even Mark Richards added a rollback, right? Yeah. I mean, even he saw that coming and kind of added some things. So Absolutely. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I'm on the board there. It, it's, 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 it's allowed the, the, the rise of the term hybrid player. So right. I think, I think, I think we're absolutely on the, or you, you, you both of us on, yeah. on the board on that. Yeah. On the board. Yeah. And then in the hole, and it's not taking a shot at this person because I still think he's one of the best players in the world, but I caught a lot of heat at the beginning of the season when I had my original power rankings and I did not have Matt guy in my top 10. Well, here we are. The season is over and Matt guy is not in the top 10 in the rankings. I'm good one, brother. That's a good one. 
So, I mean, who knows? You were, you, you he were wins, in the hole. He wins yeah. worlds. He's probably back in the top 10 and makes me look like an idiot. But, <laughs> we'll talk next week. Yeah. 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 For right now, that yep. was a good call. Yep. I like that. You were, you, so far, so far, still have worlds to go, but so far, yeah. yes, you're in the hole on that one. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> here's my uh, on, off, and in. So we'll start with uh, on the board. Uh, Ocho Day. And I've been kind of talking about this a little bit. I, and again, I feel I feel like I feel like I'm on the board with this. I feel like I might be right, but I I, I would appreciate your your feedback on this. Um, I I'm not sure if I can really think of an analogy to to do. I don't want to disrespect other sports, but I feel like, and this may sound funny to people who are just casual watchers of of cornhole on you know ESPN and CBS, but mm-hmm. I feel like cornhole's kind of graduated from Ocho Day. You know, uh, you know. Like I was writing down some of the things we'll see: pillow fighting, slippery stairs, uh, chase tag. We saw in the past lawnmower racing, uh, air guitar, which I enjoyed broadcasting. Right? It was it was fun to do. It was kind of kind of sticky. It was kind of fun to do. But but do we really feel like cornhole has is is still with that? And and again, those are all fun sports. I mean, it's a fun thing to watch. But I feel like cornhole has kind of separated itself from that. And 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 I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give up on that. That's just that's just how I feel. I almost feel like it's like. It's it's like the guy who you know you go to college and and you know you hang out at your college bars and you graduate and you come back you know a couple of years later and you still go to the same bars and you're having fun and and still drinking and everything and all of a sudden you come back to those bars again when you're like 28 you're like ah oh, man yeah you know starting to feel a little <laughs> bit older you yeah. know and then you come back and you're like 32 and you're a grown man and you got a job and you go to those same bars and now all right it's time to move on you know like let let the kids be kids let them have fun. We all yeah. did the same thing, but not now. Now you you kind of graduated to a different bar, right? Time to right. go to a different bar and hang out with the big boys, and yeah. that's kind of how I feel with cornhole. And and I and I I just I don't know. I've been following the sport for a while, and again, no disrespect to these other ones, but I kind of feel like it's time for us to to move on from that. I almost feel like, believe it or not, cornhole has graduated from that and is and is and, and should be thought of at a higher level than some of those other. Other I, I'm with you. Unfortunately, I think we we found this weird place. Like I think we've graduated from that, but I don't think we're top four, right? We're not one of the major sports. No. So we exist in this kind of netherworld of our own. Yeah. It's kind of tough, actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it's and and, and that's why I'm kind of, that's why I feel like I'm kind of on the board because I may be missing something too. This this could be huge for the sport. Maybe being a part of Ocho Day gives us just incredible visibility that we could never never deny. So I, I'm not privy to those numbers, so I don't know. That's why I'm just kind of feel like I'm just kind of on the board. But you, you get I'm what I mean. You, you know, yeah. pillow fighting, slippery stairs, you yeah. know, chase tag. You know. Silly. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, my off the board. And somewhere Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione are going to love this. I'll finally fess up to it. Brett Guy and Eric Davis. I could not have been more wrong. We are talking about the two-time defending pro shootout champions, right? Mm-hmm. And and at the beginning of the year, I remember this specifically. I was listening to to Trey and Mish and to Anthony's podcast, and and they were talking about players to watch this year with the shootouts and with the and and even in, in pro doubles. And they didn't include Brett Guy and Eric Davis. And I'm like, how in the world? I texted all of them. I'm like, I'm like, how could you guys not? They're two-time defending champions. How could you not even have them in your top ten? I don't even think Anthony had them in the top fifteen. Right. Sure enough, <laughs> who doesn't even qualify for the pro shootout this yeah. year? Brett Guy and Eric Davis, two-time defending champions, don't even qualify. So I was definitely off the board on that one. <laughs> I admit it. You're right, Trey, Anthony Mish. I get it. All right, my in the hole. And 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 Bernie, I hate to say I told you so, 
jeans. I absolutely am going to win this argument every day, every day, jeans versus khakis, right? <laughs> In the latest study that just came out uh -huh. by Real Men Real Style, which of course, as we all know, is one of the top, you know, leading websites, you know, in, in men's yeah, style. Yeah. In the Funded by Levi's. Right? I mean, yeah, we yeah. all read it, right? Yeah. In their Funded. most recent study, which was also updated, by the way, on July sure. 21st, just, 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 just a few days ago, okay. they did a study. Uh-huh to try and find out which clothing items women find most attractive on a man. Oh, right? for sure. Now, now, now this, was a very, this was a very scientific study. The writer even said that he interviewed a bunch of different women. Now, now it's okay. Normally, normally, you'd like to see maybe a number, you know, like, like 1,000 people were interviewed or 500, but apparently he interviewed so many people. It's probably a million or something like that. So that's why he said, hey, I interviewed a bunch of women. So, yeah. so here were the top Seven. three. Here were the top three. <laughs> Out of the 11, yeah. for some reason, he did 11. Footwear, number one. Number two, timepiece, watches. Number three, perfectly fitting jeans. You know what was not on this list? Khakis. Khakis yeah. wasn't on the list. I, I get that. Jeans I, are better than khakis. So you and Mish, get your baggy khakis no, on and just go somewhere where they don't play cornhole and just wear your baggy khakis. I'm going to hang out with the cool kids and wear my jeans. And The argument know, wasn't what women find the more. The argument was never what women find more attractive. The argument was what's more comfortable. I'm sticking with mine. For me, it's more comfortable. Now, do I, I agree? Especially the first that. two. I've actually heard the first two before from women that shoes and, you know, superficial things. They hate the fact that men are very superficial about looks. But let's be honest, they're remarkably superficial. Well, I like superficial to look good, look. and yeah. jeans are better than khakis all the time. Yeah, because in the hole on that, and now I have a scientific study. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Women, women do tend to like uh, good-fitting jeans over the dad bod. You know, wearing his white knee, uh, New Balance sneakers with his yeah, terrible yeah, khakis. Yeah. No, I get it. I, I, I get what look they're talking about. They don't like. We got to go. We got 10 seconds left. Hey, wow. everybody. Thanks so much for watching. We are so looking forward to Worlds. Thanks to everybody who comes up and says hi to us and, and all 12 of you who listen to the show. Uh, we will see you all in Rock Hill. Dude, can't wait to see you. It's going to be a great week. Yeah, man. It's going to be a good time. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye. I win on the jeans, by the way.